worship the Lord our God with us this morning? There is a river where goodness flows. There is a fountain that drowns our woes. There is an ocean deeper than fear. The tide is rising, rising. There is a current stirring deep inside. It's overflowing from the heart of God. The flood of heaven crashing over us. The tide is rising, rising. Bursting, bursting up from the ground. We feel it now. 
Well, we are so happy that you are here joining us on the 35th anniversary of our church. We are excited to worship with you, but we have a couple guests that are gonna join us this morning. Is that all right? Some of you guys might know these two gentlemen have played an instrumental role in our church over the past 35 years. So the first one I wanna introduce on the piano right now, would you give a loud Bridge Church welcome to Mr. Ron Carter. And this man needs no introduction, but would you give a round of applause leading us in worship, Mr. Charles Graham. Good morning. Come on, good morning. What a joy it is to love the Lord with all of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. We're here to praise you. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I could never praise him enough. I could never thank him too much for all that he's done. could make the longest list of all the needs he's met it would only be a start of the praise within my heart i could never praise him enough thank you lord i could never thank him too much for all that he's done If I never stopped rejoicing and clapped my hands to him a thousand times, if I sang hymns of praise and worshiped all my days, all the honor I observed. Would not be more than he deserved. I could never praise him enough. Thank you, Lord. I could never thank him too much for all that he's done, all that he gives, all of the mercy and love he gives. I could never praise him enough. 
I could never, never praise him enough. Thank you. 
all of our future in the God who never fails all of our faith in all of our strength in all of our future in the God who never fails sing all of our This morning, if you are grateful for the victories that you have had in Christ, can we just give our God a big shout of praise one more time this morning? You know, today is a very, very special day for us as a church as we celebrate the 35 years that we have had here in the Temecula Valley as a church. We're so grateful, and we're going to talk more about that today. But it just hits me so hard this morning in this atmosphere of worship that there might be people here, you came into this place, you can look back on some good things, but maybe you're at a place in your life where you look ahead and you're not so sure about the future that's in front of you. I wanna tell you something, that if you are in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come, and he always has more for every single one of our lives. This morning you might be here, you might not have all the answers, you might not have life completely figured out, but can I tell you that God's got you right there in the palm of his hand. If you'll just put your faith in him, he's gonna see you through whatever it is that you're going through right now. So all across this place, can we just lift our hands? Can we lift our hearts? Let's lift our faith to God this morning. Let's thank him for who he is today. 
Father, we thank you that you are God. You are God over our storms. You are the Lord of our lives. You're the God over our circumstances. And this morning, no matter what we might be facing individually, we come to you with faith this morning, declaring that our future will be greater than our past. We declare this morning, God, that you have greater plans for our future than we have for ourselves. And this morning, God, it doesn't matter what those circumstances might look like. It doesn't matter what those challenges might be. We come to you with faith in our hearts, declaring that we know you are good, that you have good plans for our lives, that you have good plans for your church, and we are in you so we know that our future is set. We honor you today. Lord Jesus, this is a time for us to honor you for who you are and for all that you have done. We recognize that you are great so greatly we will praise you this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give our God praise one more time this morning. Amen. Anybody excited to be in church this morning? Wow. It's an exciting day to be in church, but it would not be the same without you. Thank you so much for being in church this morning. We still got more people coming in, so make some room there on your aisles. If you're at the end of an aisle, make sure that you move in just a little bit to make some room for people to find a seat today. And as you do that, would you just turn around, say hi to somebody this morning, welcome them to church, tell them how happy you are to see them, how good they look today before you're seated this morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Hey, it's great to see you. And let, let me just say to you, happy anniversary. 35 years and counting. What a great day this is today. I want to say thank you for joining us for first service today. Really are glad that you are here, especially those of you who might be here for the very first time. If it's your first time at the bridge, welcome. We know there are a lot of great churches in the valley, and we're just honored you would choose to be here with us today. And this is a day of celebration for us, and we'll be talking more about it the next few minutes and introducing some special guests to you. Uh, and we've got some folks here today who used to be a part of the church years ago who have moved on to other areas or backslid and stopped serving God. But we're going we're gonna to give an altar call today. It's good to see everybody. I'm just kidding. It's good to see everybody. If, if, if you're a guest, that's just a part of my makeup. I am a little bit sarcastic. So just laugh at me and put up with me, okay? We're really glad you're here today. We put our hands together and welcome first-time guests. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. You know, a day of celebration like this, celebrating 35 years, would not be complete without honoring people who have poured a lot into this day. And some of you have been in the church for 10, 15, 20, 30. Some of you have been around almost since the beginning. And we honor you today and we say thank you for all that you have done and I am so happy today to be a part of a church that realizes there's more to come. 
We thank God for what he's done, but God's not finished with this church. We're moving forward into the future. We're so excited. And I want to say thank you for all that you have poured in to building the church. We know ultimately God builds a church. Jesus said, I'll build my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. But God uses people. And many of you have been used by God to help build this church. We want to honor you today and say thank you so much. But at this point in time in our service, we want to introduce our very first special guest to you, probably the one that needs to be introduced first. And as Anne is bringing her on up, I want you to put your hands together. Welcome Pastor Evelyn Brewer. can be seated. Thank you so much. We appreciate you honoring Pastor Ebby with us today. And Pastor Ebby, if you would, just take a moment and, you know, we've, you've been at our house for a few days. We've got to visit, but just take a moment and greet the people today. How do you do this? There's so much emotion connected to this day. I love you. And I want to thank you. Those of you that have been with Roger and I, I thank you, but I thank you that have connected up with Gary and Ann. We love them dearly. This is what God wanted. And I just want you to know you're loved, appreciated, and stay in there and fight the good fight with them. Please. God is doing something. There's more to come. There's so much more to come. And just know that Roger in heaven and I thank you very much. And remember, he always said, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And you know, we want... We want everyone to get just a little glimpse of your journey here. And so we just want to ask you a few questions this morning. (laughs) You're shaking. It's okay. I'll hold your hand still. (laughs) First of all, would you just tell everyone what this Temecula Valley was like when you first started the church? Was anyone here with us when we very first started? Anyone? Then you know. Temecula was 4,000. Look at it now. I asked God, I said, why would you bring us to start a church in such a small area? But he knew. Oh, he knew it was going to grow. There was, I don't think there was any stoplights, if I remember correctly. One stop sign. Uh, One fast food. Del Taco or something like that. You guys that know, help me here. There was, what? Noggles. Noggles, right. Not Del Taco, Noggles. There you go. And see, honey, wait, you guys need to know, I'm 81, I don't remember. (laughs) Let me ask you this. 
looking back over all those years of ministry, you and Pastor Roger led the church 24 years. What was probably the biggest challenge of those 24 years, either an event or just the challenge overall? What was the biggest challenge? Listening <laughs> to God, being obedient to do what he had called us to do in the way that he wanted it done. That was the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we'd never had started a church before. We'd never pastored. We'd never, we were, what do you call them, novice? We were a novice in all of that. And we just, last night, I couldn't sleep very good, and God showed me a boat out in on the water, and fog had moved in. They didn't know where they were, which way to go how to get anywhere. The fog had totally consumed everything, their, their, you know, their senses. And he showed me this is how we were. When we started, we just had to listen because it was like being in a fog. We didn't know what to do next and where to go. And uh, so that was, that was the challenge. Yeah. All right, today, looking back over 35 years, what is the thing that has surprised you the most about what God has done here? This. This. That what we started, the seed that we sowed, has matured into something that will last for generations and generations and generations. And one, one last question. If, if you could just, out of your life experiences, if you could just give one word, or one, not one word, but one thought of encouragement to everybody here today, what would it be? Trust God. Amen. Trust God and walk with Him and walk with these two. I love you. I love you so much. I wanna say thank you for trusting God. Thank you for following God and what he called you and Pastor Roger to do. Because if you hadn't followed him, we wouldn't be here today following what he's called us to do in this place and none of us would be here today and so we want to honor you and we want to say a huge thank you for pouring your life into building this church and making a difference in all of our lives yeah. can we stand and give pastor Abby one more great hand this morning we love you. You may be seated. And of course today it goes without saying, so I'll just throw it in real quickly in passing. Uh, Amen. Abby and I were talking last night or early this morning, I don't remember which it was. Uh, we don't really know what happens from the other side. I don't know if God, scripture doesn't tell us that you can look down and see what's going on. 
But the only thing that would have made today any better is if Pastor Roger could have been here. And we want you to know we honor Pastor Roger today for all he poured into this church and into our lives. Pastor Roger was a one in a million man and we love him and appreciate him today. And uh, Pastor Roger, if you do get to peek down this morning, we just want you to know we love you and we miss you today. You're special to all of us. Now, that, yeah, go. I didn't think I would be emotional today until I had to introduce Charles Graham. <laughs> but it would be a different kind of emotion. Uh, Charles Graham has played a major, major role in the history of this church. And Charles, we wanted to honor you today as well. So if you would, put your hands together and welcome Charles Graham. can be seated. The, the reason we're interviewing Charles and Evie today is because we had to put a short lease on Charles because he didn't know when to quit talking. So we, we have to have him on a short lease. Yes. I, I want to ask you two, three things. Charles, you, you were involved really in the church almost from the beginning because you'd gone to Bible school with Pastor and Evie and they came and started the church. And just real quickly, I know through the years you, were, you filled a lot of roles here besides your traveling days. Tell us, for those who don't know, tell them a little about your role in the church for all those years. Uh, both Pastor uh, and Evie and I attended Rama Bible Training Center and we graduated in 1985. <laughs> Let me help you. That that was a miracle in itself, just you graduated. <laughs> yeah. In 1984, and, uh, and they came west to, to do ministry and, and came to Temecula. And uh, so they, they, they started the work here, found some people that were faithful to the Lord, and, and they were invited to walk alongside of them. And from that was born New Covenant Fellowship Church. And we were very close at Bible school, and we worked together, and I got to know them very well. God allowed me to come out and just walk alongside of it. I didn't know what it would entail. I knew uh, I was in full-time music ministry traveling around, but I came out and lived with them uh, and stayed in their home. And uh, like they, we didn't know what God's plans were. We just tried to follow him a little bit at a time. But my, my heart was just to come out and just walk alongside of them and whatever was needed just to, to serve them. And you served with music, you served as youth pastor for a period of time. There are adults in our church who've got adult kids. Charles was their youth pastor back in the day. So you, you've had a big, big role in this church. Then you moved back to Arkansas 2009, Correct. right around then. Mm -hmm. And uh, you took your ministry, traveling ministry back there, it began a whole different phase of life. But the, the thing I wanted to talk about for just a moment, Charles, is uh, a lot of you don't know this. God put a lot of stuff in Charles' heart for his hometown and his home area. And Charles has had an amazing impact on his community there. And if you would just talk for a moment about the community there and what God's called you to do and what you're doing there in the community. It's been an amazing blessing. 
moving out to California and out here for about 25 years, there were times when I felt like the Lord was leading in many directions and part of that was overseas and invited to work alongside of a Bible college in, in England or to Africa or wherever it was. And there were times I prayed about leaving, but God never allowed me to leave until they retired. And once they retired, uh, it was as if the assignment I had to walk alongside of them was released. And for the first time, I really said, God, what, what is it? Because there was a stirring in my heart to, it was, I could leave at that point. And I went to England, I went to, back to Missouri where I had gone to college, I went to Georgia where I had family and friends, and every place I would travel, I didn't feel God's peace. I had gone back and forth to Arkansas where I grew up for 40 plus years at that time. And every year I'd go home to see my family, I would wave at the men and women that would gather around the old tree and drink all day. Uh, and on my way to my mom's home, I would wave at them. But in this season of searching and saying, God, where is it that you want me? I had traveled to England and knew it wasn't there and traveled to other places. I knew it wasn't there. And one thing I learned from Pastor Roger is until God tells you what he wants you to do, just stay where you are. So I was content just staying where I was. And, 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 and I went home to Arkansas. I didn't even pray that prayer to the Lord. I just went home like I'd always done. And as I drove through town this time and I waved at the men and women that were gathered under the tree, like I had done for all those years. And it's as if I saw their faces for the first time. And before I could get from that part of the little town to my mom's home, the Lord says, I'm bringing you home. And in all of my years, when I left in 1975, I left a community that was quite broken and challenging to me. And, and when I went off to college, I left never to return to Arkansas again, to live. That was my thought. But when God spoke that to my heart, God began the process of saying, I'm bringing you home and I'm bringing you home to serve the people and love the people. And you've had a, a major, major role in helping them get their school system turned around there. We were, like so many small schools in the South, failing academically, numerically, and finances. And, and so when I went home, I would approach the superintendent and ask him, how could I serve? And through some things, uh, he was sharing that it was too far gone and like so many schools that were being shut down and taken over by the state, and we were slated to be one of those schools. But I kept praying, I knew that God was saying that this little town, all it had was our school for the most part. And so I just kept on praying, and, and so I said, God, how can I serve? And so we started buying school supplies from pre-K through 12th grade, and at that time it was about uh, just under maybe 400 students pre-K through high school. And, so we started buying the supplies, and for the last nine years now, we've been able to purchase the supplies for our students because I knew they had, in order for them to learn, they had to start learning day one. Uh, and without the supplies, teachers couldn't teach, kids couldn't learn. And so we started that, and, and four years ago, the State Department of, of Arkansas, the State uh, Education Department, came down to our little town to commend our school for coming off of academic probation. Yeah. Yeah. And th this is not self-serving in any way, but you guys had a hand in blessing them this year and helping them with purchasing backpacks for that entire school system there in that town. And we want to say thank you for that. Today. Thank you. Now, one other thing. Recently, you, your life story came out in book form. And, and there's more to come of that still, too, I assume. 
Pastor Roger says, anyway. I talk so long and I talk so much, I need to write a book. And we finally <laughs> got that done. So Charles has just released a brand new book. It's got a lot of his life story in it. When service is over, he'll be out in the lobby to the left uh, there with the book, signing books for you, those of you who want to grab a copy of that book. Uh, Charles, why, why did you put your life in, in, in that book? Why did you feel called to do that? After 10 years of living back in a community, when I left in 75, blacks were going in one side of the doctor's office and whites in the other. It was a community that was so racially divided. But God, over the years, allowed me to see his grace demonstrated in, in, in ways that I didn't see it growing up in my little hometown. I didn't realize that over the years of being out of my community, God was bringing healing to my heart. Um, one of the stories in the book is when I got to college, I was the first in my family to go to college. I'm one of 13, I'm number five in the birth order. And when I had wanted to go to Old Roberts University, I went there my junior year in high school, fell in love with the campus, the World Action Singers, and I just thought, this is it. And eventually I got my letter from the university saying I had been accepted, but financially we couldn't afford it. And so I was brokenhearted and God used a young friend of mine in my school at that time whose dad was a, mm -hmm. an association missionary for the Southern Baptist Convention. And so he was living there. They only lived there for a year, but this kid saw how broken I was. He was gonna be going to this old Baptist college in Missouri. And so they shared it with me and he invited me to their home. It was the first time that as an African-American, I had sat down at the table of a white family. And, uh, and, and I, I didn't, understand them inviting me into their home for a meal and and I'm I'm a senior in high school and and so this was the journey so when I when I left Arkansas I didn't really know how broken I was and when I got to the campus um, I went into the student union and as you go you make a left and you go to the snacks counter and you buy your stuff but one day after about a month on the campus I drove I, I went across the the lobby of the student union and went down on the other side and as i did there was a door that said white chapel i just couldn't believe a christian campus i had left it in southeast arkansas i'm in missouri and now they've got a chapel for white people i walked inside burst the door open and i was that was about as militant as i've ever been in my life i sat on the, i sat on the front row of the pew and I just waited for campus security to come in and go, excuse me, sir, you're not allowed to be in here. It's for whites only. I sat there and students would come in and they would go and pray and wave at me. I'm thinking, now they're gonna go and tell them that there's a black guy in the white chapel. 45 minutes of my life was wasted because no one came in. I went back to my dorm to my white roommate and I told him the story and before I could even get started, he's on the floor rolling. I'm thinking, you don't understand, you're not black. He goes, Charles, you don't understand. This is a Baptist college and whoever gives the money gets their name on the door. This isn't for white people, Mr. and Mrs. White gave the money. A few years later, I received an honorary doctorate of music ministry from this university and it is no longer White Chapel. It is now Mr. and Mrs. Bob White donated the money. So. Well, you know, there's a lot more in the book. You can get a copy and read about it. Right now, Charles is going to do one more song, and our team's going to come out and help him give Charles one more good hand this morning. Thank you. Amen. Well, I've got a minute because they're coming, so I'm going to just say to you how much I appreciate and one of the things that Pastor Roger and Evie always said, that if God intended for this church to be the same, they would have stayed. But they knew it was time to release it to these two. 
and we're glad. Father, help your children. Don't let them fall by the side of the road. Teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place in their hearts Jesus is Lord He won't let you down and I Ever and ever, yeah. 
gonna follow that star wherever it leads hope you don't mind Lord I'll show
New Covenant Fellowship was founded as a non-denominational Christian church in 1984 by pastors Roger and Evelyn Brewer. In 2008, our founding pastors retired and Gary and Ann Martin became senior pastors. The church name was changed to The Bridge in 2013 to communicate our mission and vision, connecting with God and connecting with people. We started coming to the church in 1989, which means we've been here for 30 years now. We came to the Bridge Church uh, as New Covenant Fellowship back in 1993, which makes it 26 years since we've been here. In 2003, uh, I got invited to New Covenant, I got saved that night, and now I've been in the church for 16 years. We started attending New Covenant Church back in June of 1995, which makes it about just over 24 years now. I've been at New Covenant since 2002, so I've been at the church for 17 years. 30 plus years. 31 years. For the last 13 years. We came to New Covenant in 1990, 29 years ago. Approximately 29 years, yeah. We came to this church in late 1991, so it's about 28 years. We first started attending in July of 89, uh, so we've been here for 30 years. We've been here for 18 years. We've been with the church for 34 years. We've been coming here 20 years. Tenemos la bendición de ser parte de esta congregación desde 1998 y nuestro deseo es que Dios siga usando, guiando y bendiciendo a nuestros pastores. We came to New Covenant Fellowship in 1998 after moving from San Diego. That was 21 years ago. After living in Hawaii, the Lord led us back to the mainland and to New Covenant Fellowship in January of 1991. So this is our 28th year. We came to the church in 2001. That means we've been here for about 18 years. we no rookies in the house. <laughs> we started attending New Covenant in 1989. That means we've been here at the church for 30 years. That's right, I grew up here in the church and when we got married, my husband and I decided that the bridge was the perfect place to raise our kids. So our family story begins when I was 16 years old and I came to New Covenant Fellowship with my mom and dad and I attended youth here. And for me, uh, in the late 80s, uh, my brother and I were invited to come to New Covenant Church from Orange County to a Charles Graham concert and uh, basically we came out and as a result of that concert, we both gave our lives to Christ and, and just dedicated our lives to Him. Uh, a few years later, after college in the early 90s, I decided that uh, this would be a good place to, to start life and I moved out here and got connected to uh, New Covenant uh, and started serving, uh, I think the first two weeks that I got here. So we were both in a Christmas play together and he was a wise man and I was a dancing angel and that was basically when we first started dating and um, we're engaged three years later. We got plugged into the church and it, it wasn't easy with our busy lives but we made time to get involved and be a part of a church while raising our boys and it was such a blessing because there were many people who were mentors to us, people who have walked the path that we are now walking, that we were able to um, call on and ask for help on how to navigate situations, how to raise our kids. So it's been 
a great, great blessing and we wouldn't change any of it for the world. I think from the very beginning, um, we agreed that we needed to find a church that we could grow in God and uh, New Covenant was it. And so we've been here ever since. God has just kept us here and kept us growing and we know that our future is still here. The church has been so impactful for us, especially for the children. They came in and because of the children's ministry and the youth ministry and the pastors who serve, they wanted to be here and that helped us raising our kids to know that we had a firm foundation. They were going to have a firm foundation. There are people who are not alive and they're broken and the bridge is going to be part of touching their lives and bringing them into relationship with Jesus. And I have watched that happen over the last 31 years of God touching lives with His love and compassion and the truth, not compromising what God said is truth, and that setting people free and bringing them into relationship with Jesus. We've been part, uh, we have been part of the uh, kids' ministry since we came to the church, and it has been a great blessing for my kids. Uh, they grow up here, and we are so excited to be part of this church. We've been members here since 2007. When we first started looking for a church in the area, we were having to consider our family and the needs of our family. And we came across at the time it was known as uh, New Covenant. And we came and fell in love with everything that was going on. We had every need of the family as far as ministry was being met and didn't look anywhere else. And uh, we're just glad to be here. We thank you that this is a word church and we've grown in the Word through pastors. And we believe in faith and we believe that we're saved by grace and the cross. And we just thank you for that. I can remember being three years old and giving my life to Jesus with Pastor Roger at New Covenant Fellowship. And then growing up in the firehouse, growing up in Bridge Kids, uh, being part of the worship team, kids worship team, and then youth worship team, and then eventually um, the main worship team, Pastor Aaron took me under his wing when I was 13 and taught me how to play with the band. And that became the biggest part of my life from high school all the way through college. So uh, I grew up at this church for 18 years of my life and I've been pretty involved with youth. I help sometimes with children ministry and I feel like this place is another home for me and I felt like I grew a lot with God and in relationship with other people. Youth is really where I got connected in the church. Um, I made amazing connections with Pastor Corey and Amber, and they really started to disciple me and just give me opportunities to follow um, the call of God that I believe I have on my life into ministry someday. I think um, one of the most valuable things that our family has learned over the years is the teachings that we have received um, regarding faith-based training and teachings. And our family has experienced miracles in healing, miracles in our finances and provision for our family. And it's been exciting to see um, how these teachings have um, transcended down to our kids and grandkids. Shortly after we got married, we went through a really difficult time. But the amount of support that we felt from the Bridge Church families and individuals was overwhelming. We felt like we had an entire army standing behind us, fighting with us and praying for us and just supporting us. And that is why we call the Bridge Church our home. Five years ago, uh, we lost a daughter. And without the community, the support, the family here at uh, the Bridge, um, you know, it, I don't know how we, we would have made it. The, uh, this church, this uh, group of people, 
uh, really came uh, behind us, underneath us, supported us, picked us up, and really just uh, enabled us to uh, continue to, to go on, um, knowing that uh, you know our daughter is, of course, with God in a better place, but to get through that tragic and, and hard time, um, I don't know what we would have done without this church. We are totally blessed with the church family that God provided to us. They've been with us through the good times, through the bad times. They've been prayer warriors standing with us when we had real hard challenges. I would not trade coming to the bridge for any other church. We've enjoyed every minute that we've had uh, between New Covenant and the switch to the bridge. Um, we feel so at home here. This is home. And we are so excited for the future and what is to come. I think a good point of a church is when your kids are up Sunday morning going, we're going to church, right? It's kind of nice when we're not dragging a, a, ch a child or a young adult, but now they want to come. And I think that is a good sign of a successful ministry. We are excited about the future and we believe there is more to come. We're excited about the future and we believe there's more to come. We're excited about what is taking place here at the bridge and we know that there's more to come. We believe that there is more to come. I know there's more to come. We're grateful for all the years that we've had at the Bridge Church, and we know that there's more to come, and we look forward to it in the future. We just believe there's more to come. There is so much more. God has so much more for all of us. And I know God's not done. He's not done, and He's doing more things, and will continue to do even more. We believe there is more to come. We believe there's more to come. The growth that's come to this family has been amazing. And we believe that there's more to come. There's more to come. We know that there's more to come. We are excited about the future and we believe there's definitely more to come. There is so much more to come. God has done tremendous things in the past and we believe that there's more things to come. There is more to come. There is more to come. Absolutely. I am so grateful for this church. I know there's more to come. God always has more There is more to come. Thirty-five years and counting. Isn't it great today? You know, I want to share a, a few thoughts today. I'm not going to preach a sermon as such. Uh, but I do want to share a little bit of what I think is God's heart. Before I do, uh, two other people, we've already recognized one of them, but because they go together, I do just want to recognize Ron and Mary Carter today. Ron uh, played piano this morning for many years. Ron kind of ran the band here at the church and did an outstanding job. He's a great musician, but he's a greater friend. And Ron, we love you and appreciate you. Mary, stand if you would. You guys just stand there a second, okay? Mary worked in our church offices. She was the, uh, the office administrator, office manager. She was also the financial administrator for all told like 24 years. And when we first came to the church, my first day in the office, my first declaration was, Mary, if you leave, I'm leaving too. Because Mary knew everything. 
And Mary and Ron Carter are amazing friends, amazing people, and they're a big part of what God has done here in this church. So we honor you guys today, and we want you to know we love you. I want to read one short passage of Scripture, and if you've got a Bible there, you can look at Ezra chapter 3, back in the Old Testament. Ezra 3. I want to make some comments today before we conclude our service and I want to talk about the heart of God for his church. The heart of God for his church. Our theme today has been, there's more to come. There's more to come. Our relationship with God should resonate within our hearts in such a way that every day of our lives we believe there is more to come. One of the things that we say quite often here in the church is, God has better plans for you than you have for yourself. And if you're willing to lay down your plans and accept God's plans, you can get out of bed every morning believing that there is more to come, that God's not finished working in your life yet. But I want to read to you from Ezra chapter 3, and let me just set the, the, the historical picture here. In Ezra chapter 3, many of the Jews had been released from captivity in Babylon, and they began to slowly come back to the land of Israel. And God sent two men before them to help lead the way. One was Nehemiah, and Nehemiah's responsibility that God gave him was to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. The other great leader was a man named Ezra. And Ezra came to lay the foundation of the temple and begin the reconstruction of God's house. And when this started, it was a major project for both of these guys. But I want to read from Ezra chapter 3 because I want you to notice what happened. When they began the work of reconstructing the house of God, the first thing they did was they laid the foundation. Because God's house, like any house, has got to be built upon a foundation. And here's what happened in Ezra chapter 3 beginning at verse number 10. It says, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord... The priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. Notice verse 11, if you would. It's very important. And they sang responsively, which means they sang back and forth to each other. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pastor Ebby mentioned it a few moments ago. They sang responsively to each other, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For the Lord, He is good, and His mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because of the foundation of the house of the Lord that was laid. Then notice verse 12 with me. But many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy. Then finally verse 13, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people, for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. Now, for some of you, you might think, well, that's an unusual 
passage of Scripture to read on a 35th anniversary today. It's really not, and I'll explain why. This is an important day for us to honor. This is an important day for us as a church to recognize the history that stands behind what is now the Bridge Church. And some people, if you're new to our church, you might say, okay, I understand honoring these people from the past, but what's the big deal about 35 years? Well, let me just tell you real quickly. First of all, this day speaks of longevity. It speaks of a track record. It says that God's work didn't just begin here yesterday. God's been working here in this church for 35 years. When God started this church, he had big plans. And God isn't finished yet. There's still more to come. Talks about longevity. Talks about a track record. It also talks to us about sacrifice. We asked Pastor Evie a couple of questions this morning. What was the biggest challenge? I promise you, she could have stood here for four days telling you about the sacrifices they had to make in the early days of this church to get the foundation of the church laid. And I want, I want to say to everyone who's here today, and second service will have a lot of teenagers here in service, but I want to say to young people and old people alike, Let's not ever forget that there are people who've come before us who paid a big price for us to be where we are today. And we honor you on this special Sunday. It's also a day of appreciation, a day when we honor those who should be honored. But it's also a day of celebration because this is not the end of our journey. The journey goes on and God is still at work in our lives. But as we read this passage of scripture from Ezra, there's something that jumped up and grabbed my attention. And several weeks ago, God dropped it in my heart to come back to this. When they laid the foundation of the temple, there were two different groups of people in the crowd. There was a young generation of people who were excited about the future and what God was doing. But there was an old generation of people who remembered the former temple that had been torn down. And that day when they laid the foundation of God and they had the dedication service to recognize that God's house is being built, the two crowds got together as one and they lifted their voice. But scripture says in the crowd that day, there were two distinct things happening. And I want you to notice this today. First of all, it says the older men, the older people, the people who had seen the former house when they realized that the house of God was being rebuilt and they began to see what was being laid in the foundation, when they began to think about what the house of God had been to them, what it had meant to them, all the memories that had been there in the house of God, all the victories, all the miracles that were there, they began to weep because they began to reminisce about all the greatness of God. And they began to sing, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I think today in this house, there are a lot of us who've been here for years and years and years, and it would not be out of order if right now we stop and just begin to weep and lift our hands and say, thank you, God, for what you've done here in this church and in our lives for 35 years. God has done great things. And I say this today, and somebody will be critical of this, I'm sure, but how many of you know pastors get used to somebody being critical? You wouldn't have a church if somebody wasn't critical. But, but you know, I'm going to say this, knowing that somebody won't like it. This church was never about Pastor Roger and Pastor Evie. 
This church was built upon the fact that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever. That's why she can say that all the time God is good and God is good all the time. The mercy of the Lord endures forever. And the Bible tells us that that day those older people remembered. I want to encourage you today. Pull up those memories. Reminisce. Let's honor our past. Romans 13, 7 says that we need to honor those who are due honor. But I also want to say while we're honoring people today, Paul said in Romans 1, he said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I stand before you today. First of all, I'm an honored. I'm a debtor to Jesus Christ for what he's done. I'm a debtor to God for sending his son to turn my life around. I'm a debtor to a lot of people from the time I was a little kid growing up in Sunday school. I owe a debt of appreciation to a lot of people. I owe a debt of appreciation to Roger and Evelyn Brewer. I owe a debt of appreciation to Charles Graham and to Ron and Mary Carter and to people all over this house. But friend, I'm going to tell you something. Let's teach our children about those who've come before us and laid the foundation that we can have the great facility and the great church that we have today. And let's not ever forget the great things and the great people that God has used to build this church. It's a day of honor. If you walk around this facility today, there are physical handprints, and there are spiritual handprints all over this building. But in Ezra, the last thing I want you to see in that passage of scripture, it says that while old people began to weep, remembering what God had done, remembering the former house, that there was a generation of people who rose to their feet and they begin to shout and they begin to pray and they begin to give God honor and they begin to sing in their own way in new songs with new sounds the very same old song for the Lord he is good and his mercy endures forever you see here's our philosophy today on this day we honor our past but we celebrate our future we celebrate our future because God still is going to do great things. You know what causes people to dry up spiritually? It's when they start living in the past. It's when we think all of our spiritual blessings are behind us. God wants us to be forward-facing people. He's building a forward-facing church that knows that God still has great plans. Even when all the presses and all the voices around us are saying, we're raising up a lost generation. I'm telling you, there's a generation of young people who God is raising up here who are going to impact the next generation and the world beyond because God is still doing great, great things. So two voices. One reminisces about the past and one celebrates the future. Can I tell you today, we're here to do both of those things because there's still more to come. Psalm speaks of the fact that one generation should sing God's praises to the next and it goes on and on and on forever. One thing that I would like to see happen today above all else on this day of celebration, and our time is gone, we've got to really hurry here. One thing I would like to see above all else is two generations, three generations, four generations of people stand to their feet and raise their hands and say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And we move forward in the grace and blessing of God. 
Can I tell you today, God's not finished in your life. God still has more for you. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you walked into this building. Maybe you've never encountered Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never opened your heart to God. But you've listened to this little bit of rejoicing today and this little bit of teaching. And God has grabbed your heart and stirred it. And you're realizing, I need God's help in my life. That's why this church was established. That you might experience God's goodness, His favor, His blessing in every area of your life. God loves you so much, He put His own Son on a cross to bring you into relationship with him so that today before you leave this building you could say the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. God wants you to know him. He wants you to experience his goodness today. And it all begins with you saying, God, I need you in my life. Right there where you are, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. I'm gonna ask everyone here in the house, just pray this prayer, wrap your heart, wrap your faith around these words. Everybody here, pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come fill my life. Change me from the inside out. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I want to know you. From this day forward, you will be my father and I'll be your child. I will learn your ways. I will walk with you. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. That's why the Bridge Church exists, to bring people into relationship with God. Connect people with God, and then connect people with people. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or if you recommitted your heart to the Lord this morning, one last thing I want to share with you. Before you leave today, we've got a little gift we want to give you. It's a booklet called The Next Seven Days. When service is over, you can come forward. We'll have prayer teams at the front of the building. They'll give it to you right here. Just come ask for the booklet. No strings attached. If you're in a really big rush, out in the lobby, just as you exit the building, right in the middle of the glass doors, you can stop by a counter there. Just ask for the booklet. They'll know what you want. It's our honor to give it to you today. Welcome to the family of God. Can we welcome new family members today? God bless you. Welcome, Pastor Nick, this morning. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Have you guys been encouraged today? Have you been blessed today? Do you have a hope for a better tomorrow? Hey, it's that time of service where we get the opportunity and the privilege to give. This week, as, as I've been thinking about this moment, just this kind of phrase has come to my mind of, today we stand upon the shoulders and the foundations of those of yesterday. The people that came, that had the vision, that made the sacrifice, that went ahead of us, that paved the way for us. This past week I got the opportunity to speak in Bridge Youth and I was blown away by what God is doing in the young people. I have kids that are in the, the kids program here. How many kids have come to know Jesus because some people like yourselves said, I'm gonna pave the way? How many youth have been filled with the Holy Spirit? How many lives have been transformed? How many marriages have been healed? How many incredible miracles have taken place because of those that believed and paved the way? I believe God has so much more to come. 
And today we get the privilege and the opportunity to pave the way. And I wanna say thank you. Thank you for trusting this place, believing in this place and what God has done. He does it every week here. And he's gonna continue to do it long after you and I are gone. Thank you for paving the way. I also just wanna take this opportunity to thank Pastor Evie, to also thank Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann, because they have all paved the way collectively. Can we give them a hand one more time, please? Church, it's our opportunity to give. They're gonna show you the ways that you can give on the screen, and would you watch church news with us? and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Miranda, and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you enjoy your morning in church and that you and your family have a wonderful time. As you know, today is our 35th anniversary service. We are so grateful for all that God has done over the years in this church, but we know that the greatest days are still in front of us. We hope that you'll find your place and be a part of what God is doing at The Bridge. Here's a look at what's coming up. Connect Groups launched this past week and we are off to a great start. We want to encourage everyone to get plugged into a Connect Group and grow your relationship with God through fellowship and community. If you want to find out more info about all of our groups, just stop by the Info Center and pick up one of our Fall Connection Guides. You can also see a full list of all of our groups on our website and the Bridge app. Don't miss out on the best way to build relationships here at The Bridge. If you are new to The Bridge, we want to personally invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in the church. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also download the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. We love spending Sundays with you. Church, just a few reminders. Hey, as you are leaving today, 
I, we would love it if you would celebrate with us outside. I'm sure as you, you came in, you saw that there's some snacks and some things that are outside. Please take a moment to do that. Also want to let you know that, that Pastor Charles will have a, a book signing area that you can check out. And also make sure you come and, and give a hug or a high five or a handshake and just let Pastor Evie know how much you love her. And uh, yeah, have you had an incredible day? Let's believe for more to come. God bless.